Waits to keep it in. Does. Has it in the corner to Sanderson. Back in front door. Shot. Scores! Ray Bork. Ray Bork from the face-off circle to the right of Reggie Lindland. Fired it down and Whitmore blew it. Bounces down to Bergeron. He takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar. The snapshot over to Rossi. It's loose and Bergeron scores. Patrice Bergeron. Nation and welcome to episode number one of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Got a late start to the Boston Bruins season, so we're going to jump right in and get you all up to date. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce my co-host, a very knowledgeable, longtime Bruins fan that I've known, had the pleasure of knowing for some time now, Mr. Derek DeVecchio. Derek, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, man. Glad to be here. Uh, I'm glad I'm glad we uh, got together to do this. This was a uh, a good year uh, discussion and planning, so I'm, I'm very excited to get started. Me too. Awesome. So uh, let's uh, let's just let's talk about the uh, the season, the off seasons over the summer with the additions of uh, Matt Bolesky, uh Jimmy Hayes. Um, uh, do you think that the additions? made this team better, competitive, or worse? More competitive. I think they brought in some players that they figured would fit Julian's system, and uh, thus far, they have. Um, You know, I mean, Sweeney had a real tough summer. He had to make some really, really tough decisions, but so far, so good. Yeah, if I had to give Sweeney and uh, management team a, a grade, I would definitely say a B. Um, Agreed. Nothing. It's the, it, the salary cap really um, dictated my grade because of what can be moved and what can't be moved. Um, so I kind of think that to be competitive and to and to get the goal of a playoff, um, that's what they did. But they didn't make any home run moves by going after anybody that's going to make them, you know, automatically say, we're going to make a long run, a long playoff run. Right. So uh, after 47 games so far, the Bruins are 25-17-5 with 55 points. They are fourth in the Atlantic Division, seventh in the Eastern Conference, uh, holding on to the first wild card spot. Um it's it's tight in the Eastern Conference. I mean, you win, you go up. It seems like five points or five spots. You lose and you drop five. Correct, and that's why a disastrous week can really work against you. Right, absolutely. Uh, gotta love their away record, uh, fourteen five and three, but their home record in front of people that pay a lot of money to go see their their games. Uh, 11, 12, and 2, and that that needs to, that seriously needs to be addressed. Agreed. Especially right before you get to the playoffs. Absolutely. Uh, This is a a stretch that you don't want to make any mistakes. Uh, Last last 10 games, 5, 4, and 1. They have a, a 
a good goal differential, which is uh, plus 19 with the second in the Atlantic Division, fifth in the NHL. So they are scoring goals. Yeah, scoring goals this year really hasn't been a problem. I mean, they, uh, you know, they've played, they're uh, somewhere over three goals a game right now, which is better than the league average, which is around two and a half. Um, That being said, there's still a team in transition and there's still bumps in the road. And, you know, the coaching staffs had to pretty much push the reset button, what, once every three games? So hopefully, uh, you know, as time goes on, they'll be able to play more consistent, especially, you know, going into the playoffs. Absolutely. Uh, When you look at special teams, uh, the power play has been ranked number one for a majority of the season but recently got passed by the Washington Capitals. Uh, the power play is uh, 26.0%, and Washington has a 27.1%. Well, it's been great. They've been able to use it this year as a weapon. Um, you know, they're getting the least amount of attempts on the power play, and they're still right around, what, 27 28%. That's really good. Yeah, they get, so, lot, they get a lot of key additions to the power play this year. I thought Ryan Spooner was a great, great fit-in. Uh, he plays the what I call the Savad-style half wall. Yep. Um, and he's got good vision. I really wish he'd shoot more, but I, I, I like his game. I'm not complaining. I do like his game the way it is. Me too. He's got a good set of wheels, and he's a good playmaker. He worked hard out there. Definitely deserving of uh, to get out of Julian's, um, you know, what do they call that? Doghouse. Doghouse, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the penny, penalty kill was a atrocious at the beginning of the season for about a month, but really turned it around uh, to be the fifth ranked at 84.9%. Uh, Anaheim league-wide is uh, leading that category with 894 I'm sorry, did I say, yeah, it's, I'm sorry, the, the, the Bruins are ranked fifth with 84.9%. That's very good. I mean, special teams, is, you know, can carry you through. It's huge. Uh, they've, I, I don't know the numbers, because I just totally forgot to get those, but uh, do you happen to know uh, how many consecutive or kills? I don't, unfortunately. Something I will definitely look up. Right. Uh and like, like we went back to the goals for, uh, they're ranked fourth with 139 goals, but a disappointing goals against ranked 17th with 122. That's an area of concern. Definitely. Uh, Definitely. And then a lot of that is attributed to Rask having the slow start that he did, I think. Uh, yeah, no, I agree with that. I'm, I'm a huge Rask fan. Um, that I just haven't seen. Um, much of him at all this season. I mean, he's 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 hit or miss, and you know I, I'm not going to put all the blame on him, and I'm not going to put all the blame on the defense either. But they they both seen better years. Agreed. Uh, I mean, Tuca's 16, 14, and four with four shutouts, a 2.47 respectable 2.47 goals against. But um, that 917 save percentage is, has been better in years past. 
Agreed. Agreed. And he needs to get better. And, you know, hopefully down the stretch where we're going to need him to steal a game or two, he'll be there. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you, He's the goaltender you want to go into the playoffs with. Uh, he's the goaltender that you want to go into the playoffs rested. Um, so uh, how about Jonas Gustafsson? What do you think about the addition of him? He's been unbelievable. Great. He stole us some games. Uh, you know, he'll let in a soft one every now and then. But for the most part, he's been very consistent. And it's been, it's good because you can kind of limit Tuka's starts, you know. Anything over 60 for him, he kind of wears down. And, you know, we'll need him to be fresh if we're going to win, uh, you know, around in the playoffs. Uh, last season, Tuka played uh, 70 games. And still wasn't a factor to get a couple points that they needed to uh, secure a playoff spot. But uh, I, I feel confident with the goaltending we have. I, I was never a, a Gustafson fan uh, anywhere he went, whether it be Toronto or Detroit. But um, I believe with the defensive structure that this team has, goal, goalies can thrive. I mean, I was never a big Chad Johnson fan. He was just an AHL player, career AHL player in my eyes, but came right. to Boston and had a 17-3 and three record, which was awesome to, you know, to backstop Rask and when, when he needed to be rested. Right. But what I'd like to see more is I don't, I, I really would like to see Gustafson play more of a rotate, a better rotation. Agreed. Instead of, um, what, once every two weeks? You know, and a lot of the, if you look at the schedule coming up down the stretch, there's going to be a lot of three games in four nights, and that's when you're going to have to use both. You know, you don't want, I, I understand Rats is a competitor, and he's your best goalie, but eventually you've got to rest him. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Um, so that's, that's pretty much where we are, uh, uh, for the updates to the season. Um, how about expectations? When you, when you, when you think about the numbers that I, I said, yeah. where, where, where do your expectations lie? As far as between now and the rest of the season? Yeah. I mean, I mean, do you think that there could be a definite, um, playoffs a, a secured playoff spot i mean it's going to be tough i mean if you look at the standings and how close all these teams are it's going to be a battle heading down the stretch though so, you know uh who, who's ever most healthy um we'll see i mean it's going to come down to the end there's going to be two really good teams that aren't going to make the playoffs this year whether it be pittsburgh and montreal i mean we'll see First half of the season was definitely riddled with injuries. Yeah. Uh, whether it be Krejci, Seidenberg, um, McQuaid. I mean, I I I'm I like McQuaid. I'm not a huge McQuaid fan, but he does have value to the team. He does. Um, I mean, he's. I mean, I I, don't, I wouldn't consider Ronaldo an enforcer, but believe right. it or not, I kind of think McQuaid stepped into that role. Agreed. He's always been that guy that'll stick up for a team. Yep. And uh, the thing with him is you got to keep him on the third pairing and manage his minutes. 
the more he plays, the more teams find uh, weaknesses in his game as far as, well, speed is one of those things. But as a third-pairing stay-at-home defenseman, I mean, he sticks up for his teammates, works hard. You know, I like Quater. Well said. So. Well said. Uh, myself, my expectations, I really do want to uh, see this team get into the playoffs uh, and start to get back on on track like the, the past – you know, seven years before last year's baseball plant. Um, but I just don't think that the team uh, structurally is there yet to be that consecutive, you know, contracts are really binding, uh, you know, hindering management to get the players the team needs to, to you know, to say on paper, this is a long playoff run team. And I mean, like I, I've always said, and I've written about in my uh, in my blog, which is um, uh, the Black and Gold Hockey Blog at WordPress.com, um, is I, I've always said, w- w- as soon as these guys were signed and this this team was put together, it was competitive, with a chance to make the playoffs. Right. But I also understood that this team would be competitive, but also fight to stay in the wild card position. Right. So, I mean, as a Bruin, as a diehard fan myself, I'm always expecting the best. I always hope for the best, but it is what it is. I mean, the Bruins and 29 other teams in the league are fighting the same salary cap issues, but some are doing it better than others. Very true. And Chicago's at the top of that list. I mean, look what they've done with cap over the past, what, three, four years? Brilliant. Yeah, Stan Brilliant Bowman. Stan Bowman's a, a, he's a very good GM. The guy knows, and obviously having his father uh, very close by in, in, the, in the management team is a, is a huge um, influence. Oh, that's a lot of history there, definitely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, that's pretty, I mean, pretty much that's the, that's the halfway point. Um, you want to look at the the week ahead? Sure. Um, yeah. All right. Sounds good. Unless you have something else to add. No, I just think that right now, pretty much, this team is where I thought they would be. And, uh, you know, we don't know what they're going to do with the deadline. There's not going to be a lot of buyers. It's going to be Well, there's going to be more buyers than sellers. So you're going to see a lot of trade, good hockey trades, like the uh, – Seth Jones, uh, Johansson trade. I mean, that was a beautiful trade for both teams. They'll both benefit by it. Who do you think, who do you think won that trade? Excuse me. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, right now, I'd say Nashville because they got a good number one center who's going to provide offense. Yeah. But uh, on the line, I think that Seth Jones is going to be unbelievable there in Columbus. I really do. That's that's a good point. I mean, I was I was a fan. I like Johansson. Yeah. But um. He just seems like one of those players that if he's not happy in a certain lineup, he he really shows it. I like the fact he's going to be playing for Laviolette now, though. I mean, he'll find a nice role for him, and, you know, we'll have to see, you know? Yeah. I mean, these trades aren't done yet. There's still four weeks to go, so. I know, which is the scary part. Definitely. So, speaking of trades, why don't we just, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about, um, 
um, movement that the Bruins, uh, possible movement that the Bruins could do. Obviously, Erickson is the number one guy for trade talks. Um, he's second in the team in points behind Bergeron with 39. He's got 15 goals, 24 assists, yeah. uh, eight power play goals. Yeah, he's been uh, a big part of that power play. Absolutely. A real turnaround for him this season. Um, you know, he didn't get his melon squashed yet, you know what I mean? But yeah, I mean, he's been real effective, but it's like I always say, it's a contract year. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I'm i a huge Valeski fan. I love him. He's a good, gritty player. But he got a lot of money for a contract year last season. You know, only posting 22 goals, 10 assists, something like that. You know, I, it's a risk. Yeah. It's a well, risk. I mean, 3.8 is, I mean, if you compare that to a lot of contracts of, uh, well, supposed goal scorers, uh, it's kind of cheap. You got off on the cheap on that one because I think he could have gotten more money. I think he came here, looked at the team, looked at the city, and said, hey, you know, this is a place I can play. And, you know, um, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see him score more. His points are down. But I love his motor. I mean, he comes to play every night. You know, he's like a bowling ball in the uh, offensive zone. He just hits anything in an opposing sweater. I like that. Like that. You know. So, you know he's going to want more money. Erickson. If he, if he signs a contract, he's going to want more money. He's going to, I mean, from what we've heard from a lot of the local top writers in Boston, um, I'm hearing he could seek well over six million. Yeah, that'd be too much. I believe so too, but yeah. I'm not sure about the rumors that have been going around that he'll take a hometown discount too. You know, and that that depends on the agent. I mean, we're not behind the scenes and in the room, and uh, you know, it just again, you know, over the next couple of years, you get a lot of young players that are going to be trying to get onto this team. And do you really want somebody that's going to basically take up a spot with a bad contract? And that's, you know, um, Sweeney will have to weigh that in. And, you know, even though he may not trade him at the deadline, he could trade him at the draft. You never know. You know, some team could want his negotiating rights. But I like Louie. He's had a good year. And, you know, he's been very consistent every night. I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. And I, I like the way that you think, too. And this is one of the reasons why I really was pushing for you to get on board with this. is because you see both sides of the coin. You see a, a good, valued player, but you also know about the future and what's, right. and what's coming through the development uh, system. So, I mean, that's, those are all options that Sweeney has to sit down and do. And... You know, I'm not, I'm no GM. You know, Me I'm, neither. I'm just sitting behind my computer talking to a good friend. Yep. <laughs> but, Same here. you know, I mean, but I know a lot of the Bruins fans around here, we're all, we all know our stuff. We have all the tools available to, to see what's going on. And, you know, uh, if, if I was going to say anything, I would say if you can sign them, do it. I'm not sure about a five or six year deal, 
Yeah. That's kind of risky to me. His age, it would be, what, 35, 36 by the yeah. time the contract's over? Yeah, yeah. he's 30 right now. Yeah, that's so, a tough call. And um, money, like you said, you know, there's players that are going to be coming up that might be able to fill his role at a lower cap space. Correct. Until, you know, contracts of Chara and Siderberg are off the books. Right. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm, I'm not happy with the play of Chara or Seidenberg lately, but they fit roles on the team. True. So until, you know, something's done with them, I don't see players coming to Boston quite yet. Right. To really, you know, show everybody that, oh, my God, this is the year. You know, or nothing like um, Chicago or L.A. or, the, you know, stacked teams in the East like the um, the Rangers. Yep. And, you know, but, I mean, it really is what it is. I, I, I mean, I kind of look forward to see what's going to happen. But if, if, the tr- if a trade does happen, yeah. I want to see value. Agreed. You know, I, I mean – but I also don't want to see him walk in on January. I, I'm sorry, July one for nothing. Right. You know, I mean, I mean, technically, he is the second to last Fagan piece, right? Because we still got Joe Morrow. That's right. <laughs> the other two are already gone. <laughs> right. So, um, uh, Berger, I, I just got a little stats here for uh, just a, before we go to the week ahead. Uh, Bergeron having another outstanding season. I mean, he's not going to wow you with with 40 or 50 goals, but it's his consistent three-zone play that is just – it's amazing to me. You know, I mean, he, he plays Bruins-style hockey. And he does it every night. He never takes a night off. Very consistent, always – you know, he's a big help to the defenseman in the defensive zone. Goes back to help them out. And now you see Krejci kind of playing that way defensively. I mean, Bergeron, he's definitely – he's going to win another Selkie this year. Oh, I hope so. I hope. Me too. Um, goal leaders, Marshan, he's, uh, he's, he's leading the team with goals so far with 19. Um, he, he's having a decent season if he can just stay out of trouble. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. No more slew foots. Yeah, I, that's us. That's us real close. He's he's riding a fine line of uh, being a very noticed player. I mean, he's noticed as it is right now by player safety, but tone it down, brother. He's I mean, yeah. he's got he's got such great skill. Yeah, you know, skating I mean, has been amazing this year. Oh, I mean, the guy can cut on a dime, and he's got great vision and hands. Um, he's the speed, you know, how Krejci and Bergeron, I mean, Krejci can slow down a play. Yeah. This guy is the speed that you need. Um, yeah. I mean, I like him as a player and everything, but I just, we, we need him on the team and not on the bench or suspended or paying fines or whatever. Well, as Julian said in the past, we need him to be a good brat. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, Any surprises to you this year with players? Not much of a surprise, but, I mean, Ryan Spooner, just watching him play this year, he's been amazing. 
He really has. He's been a big help on the power play, makes things happen five on five, um, getting better in the defensive zone, getting more aggressive. I mean, he's a totally different player, you know. Right. Colin Miller needs to take notes on how to handle yourself and get out of Julian's doghouse. Yeah, because Spooner was definitely there for a while. Oh, yeah. And obviously, Colin Miller is taking that seat over. Yeah. He, uh, I, I've, I've scouted him in Manchester, New Hampshire, when the Mon- American Hockey League Monarchs were in town. And that's only 40 miles away from me. So it was, uh, it was you know, you want to go see hockey. And the re- one of the reasons why I liked the Monarchs um, is because the AHL plays a very close schedule to the teams that are surrounding them. Yes. So they played Providence 12 times a season. They played Portland 12 times a season, Springfield, and, and so on. So – uh, to get up there and watch a game was, I mean, I like the hockey. It's good American Hockey League hockey, but yeah. it meant so much better when the when the Providence Bruins came to town. Because it's not easy for me to travel the two hours to Providence to see a game all the time, so I just chose to go to Manchester. Right. But, um, yeah, Miller's, Miller's got a... He's got to step it up. I mean, he he's definitely in the plans to be something big in the future. It might not be this year. It might not be next year. But he's got to be playing a bigger and better role. Um, well, he has all the tools. He really does. He's a great skater, good passer. I mean, he's you know. He's definitely got all the attributes of a, of a great defenseman. But now we just got to put the pieces together and make him an all-around player. I mean, right. The, the guy's shot alone is such a value. Definitely. Um, what'd you think about Frankie Vetrano? I liked him. Um, you know, he came up and he scored a lot at first, and then he kind of, you know, point totals went down. But he still played all 200 feet of ice. He backjacked, forechecked, did his job every night. And it was good to see. And, you know, he's going to be a great player in this league at some point. I really like the addition of his speed. Yeah. Um, that's it was such a game changer sometimes. Um, but I wish he could. I wish he could have stayed. Me too. I wasn't very happy about. I mean, the the continual continuous play of a player like Brent Conley. Yeah. And you know, I know right wing center. It's all. It's different, but. Right. You know, you could still sit a guy, make him watch from the press box a few more times. Um, I, You know, a guy like Conley, I don't see sticking around. You know, what I love about Vitrano the most is is that he could have went down and pouted, kind of like Coco, cough, cough. And he came up the first night, the day, what was it, the day he got sent down and scored two goals for Providence. Yeah, that was Friday yeah, night. You know, Friday night. He got sent down on Thursday, or was after Wednesday's game last week. Yeah. And then got sent down on Thursday and then played Friday and scored uh, a pretty decent goal with a minute and 31 into the game and then got his second goal late in the second period. So It's yeah, good to was, see. He was a good spark. Yeah. And that's great to see. You want a kid that's going to get out and say, okay, well, it is what it is. And 
rather than sit around and pout and sulk, I'm going to go out and bust my butt and work hard. And, you know, it's good to see out a young kid. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right, let's talk about the, uh, the week ahead. Um, tomorrow's game against the Flyers. The, That's an important one. Yeah. The Flyers are uh, 2017 and 8 with 48 points, and they're trailing the Bruins real close. Um, you know, we've, we've left four points on the table against them this year. Right. We had them both those games. Right. You know? So we definitely need that one tomorrow. They're 11 6 and 5 on, the, at, on home ice, so it's going to be a, a, a tough battle regardless. But, Always is versus those guys. Yeah, it is. You know, they don't call the uh, the big bad Bruins and the Broad Street Bullies for nothing. Absolutely. But uh, in Philadelphia's last ten, they're only five, four and one, and they're currently on a two game losing streak. So, and the season series is all one and one. Right. Um. Yeah, the last the last game was the thirteenth of this month with a three to two road loss. Yeah, we had them, what, two zip in that game? Then they came back and beat us, you know? I mean, holding leads uh, this this season and, you know, in the past years has been a, a real issue in itself. Absolutely. You don't want to end up like the 2013 uh, Leafs. <laughs> Remember that game seven. you got to button down those leads. Right. You know? Absolutely. Um, and then the next night, Tuesday, uh, Anaheim Ducks come to, the, to TD Garden. For a game yeah. at seven o'clock, the uh, it'll be a physical game. Yeah, uh, this is the first time this season that they've seen each other. Yeah. So the Ducks are twenty-one, eighteen, and seven with forty-nine points. They have a seven, ten, and three away record. Yeah, That's yeah, they've had a disappointing season. I mean, these guys came into the season as perennial uh, Stanley Cup uh, contenders, and they've you know. Started out really slow, and they're starting to come back a little bit. But at the same time, you know, um, it's a team that's going to be desperate, and they're going to come into Boston, and they want those two points. Absolutely. So. Uh, in the last ten, they're six three and one, and they're currently on a two game winning streak. Uh, yeah, I mean, Anaheim was was what a surprise over the summer. I mean, I I read a lot of writers, whether it be, um, uh, you know top-notch writers or bloggers, but a lot of people said that Anaheim was like, oh, the Stanley Cup. Yeah. You know, I mean, but, and then you come out and you basically shit on your season. <laughs> it's funny, though. Sometimes when you subtract certain pieces from your team, like Bolesky and others, you know, you don't realize how much of an impact they had on that team until they're gone, you know? And obviously, oh, yeah. uh you know, that hurt them early on, but hey, you know, they're still there. They still have really good players. Getzlaff and Perry, they're two of the best in the league. Getzlaff, where has he been? He's, He's had an off year. Yeah, oh yeah. And, and you know, you and I both understand that this happens. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not the end of the world when a player or a team struggles. It's how you get back on the bike and how you, you know, continue forward. Agreed. Um, but, I mean, there's still a lot of time for a lot of these teams to turn it around. Yeah, the parity this year in the league, it's, it's amazing. 
you know, both conferences, you know, yeah. there's maybe what, three, four, maybe five teams that are out of it and everybody else is in the thick of it. So. Absolutely. And then uh, after, after tomorrow and Tuesday's games, there's a long break due to the uh, NHL All-Star uh, festivities. Um, Bruins return to action on Tuesday, February 2nd at home against Toronto, which yep. is a very another important divisional game. Um, you know, these are all, all must-have points moving Agreed. forward. Agreed. And you got to go into every game and get points. You know, however, you know, yep. I mean, some you may lose in, in overtime, some in the shootout, but hey, you know, points a point. Yeah. So. I mean, dating up to last night's game against the Columbus Blue Jackets, I, 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 I really expected more from the Bruins team to, you know, show, hold the lead, play yeah. better. Um, I, I, I just, I get frustrated when I, when I see them play against teams like this, Buffalo and Edmonton, yeah. you know, cause I mean, you know, if we get, end up with a 97 point season this year and we didn't make the playoffs, those yeah. games are so important to capitalize on. And Absolutely. The, and the teams that I, that are out of it, that are, I'm probably not going to see the playoffs this year. I can't stand when the Bruins play down to their level. Yes, and they've done that a lot. Oh, it's so. I mean, it's you know. I understand you're a team in transition and so on, but you've got to be beating teams like this. Correct. You know, if you lost to Chicago three to two in a shootout, you know what I mean? Yeah, you got a point. What an effort! But it's not Edmonton. It's not Buffalo. You should be capitalizing on those. Agreed, especially against these teams at home. You know, they need to really button that up and, and start playing better at home, you know? Home ice is huge. It um, is. If you don't have a good home record, how do you expect to be any good in the playoffs? True. When you're supposed True. to be good, you know? Plus, you don't want teams coming into Boston just thinking, okay, well, it's just a regular game. You want them to come in and know they're going to be up for a fight and they're going to be black and blue. You know, and right now we just don't have that in our, you know, as far as playing at home. So definitely something they need to work on. Anything else on the bees? Ah, uh, no, you know, we're just going day to day with this team, and you know, hoping that the right one shows up. You know, I agree. I I, I really hope that they take this um, six or seven days. And uh, really, you know, you know, take a break, yep. be with family, you know, do what you got to do, but come back to work. Come back exactly. and be ready to, I mean, play hard and, you know, we've seen it. We've yep. seen stretches that they can, you know, it's like, oh, my God, here it is. This is the start of something good for the season. And then go on a three or four game losing streak. And then come back with a four or five game winning streak, and then it's 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 been a roller coaster ride, uh, no doubt. Oh, it definitely has, <laughs> no doubt. But you know, again, I mean, down the stretch, you you know, you're gonna want this team to get hot if they're gonna make the playoffs. You want them to go on a run, and that's important. Momentum is so important. So hopefully they'll start to get some, you know, 
Because you're right. It's win one, lose one, win eight, lose seven. It, it It's tough, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, it, it's tough for a team in transition, but, I mean, that's your job. Right. You know, that's the, uh, what's that, the Patriots slogan now? Do your job. job. Yeah. Oh, you know what? It should be a Boston slogan all around. I agree. I agree. So, you know? How about we talk a little, uh, we go down on a farm, we talk a little American Hockey League, Providence Bruins. Sounds good to me. Awesome. Um, so, up to date, the Providence Bruins have played 42 games. They are at 18, 15, 8, and 1 with 45 points. Uh, fourth in the Atlantic Division, eighth in the Eastern Conference. Now, I'm going to stop right there, but, I mean, how mirrored is this team to the NHL Bruins? Very, which is scary. I mean, it's it's definitely a coincidence, no doubt. Uh, and, and as much as I, I watch every Bruins game, I also watch every Providence Bruins game, and it and it's it's so weird the similarities that they have to each other. And you know, I know they're one organization, two franchises, but it, it seems like when when the when the NHL Bruins go on a stretch, a winning stretch, the yep. the Providence Bruins are are doing really good, and then when the Bruins fall flat on their face, so does the Providence Bruins. It's just it, it's it's mind boggling to me that that. that it could be so similar. Right. Unreal. But uh, their away record is is just, and this is, just kills me because now this is a flip-flop of yep. the NHL, AHL, uh, but the away record is 4-10 and 4 and 0. Yep. And their home record is 14-5-3 and 1. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> And in the last in the last ten games, they're seven one two and zero. The the baby bees have the best power play percentage in the league at twenty five point two percent. Their penalty kill is ranked seventh with a eighty five point two percent. That's amazing. That really so, is. <laughs> I mean, the, the similarities are just crazy. I mean, I'm looking at stats, and I'm just like, am I looking at the bees or am I looking at the Providence bees? <laughs> I just didn't, I couldn't figure out which one to go. But um, struggling scoring goals, they they are ranked 18th with 116. That's just shy of two goals, of three goals a game. Yeah. And the goals against is ranked 17th with 118, and they are given up just shy of three goals a game. Uh, that's, uh, you know, when you, when you look at this, when you look at the stats and you watch them play on a nightly basis, which is not, I mean, a nightly basis, they play predominantly on the weekends, but, um, you see holes. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't want to keep going back. Like with, when I talk to people on social media and so on about, years past in drafting but right i mean drafting in the new regime of of don tweeney and and staff have to get better at getting players that are going to be um solid additions to the development depth agreed um but i mean i like i kind of do like what happens here because you retool 
right. you know, you, your system needs work. Well, let's see what happens. And I believe that that's a big, big reason why um, not only did the Bruins get their original first round pick in the 2015 draft, which happened in Sunrise, Florida um, last June. Right. But they also saw that as an opportunity to get the players they need in the next two or three years to put into that development system and get them ready for an NHL career. Agreed. And that second round, I mean, Gretzky really kicked some butt in that second round of the draft this past year. You look at the players, uh, Carlson, who's basically been compared to Bergeron on more than one occasion. Yep. Uh, Brandon Carlo, who could be a cornerstone defense moving board. Big, you know, strong kid. He's only going to get bigger. He's only 18 now. Right. Um, unbelievable. They really did have a good second round of that draft. Oh, definitely. So, Definitely. Um, the, actually, the Providence Bruins are playing today at 3.05 at the dunk in Providence, Rhode Island. Um, the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins are leading the Atlanta division with a 28-10-0-1 record, 59 points. Uh, they're 13-6-0-0 away on the road. So this afternoon's test, uh, this afternoon's game is going to be a, a a true test. Agreed. A lot of their good numbers were when uh, Sullivan was there before he got called up to Pittsburgh. Absolutely. Absolutely. Boy, you're good at this. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the last 10 games, uh, Wilkes-Barre Scranton has a 7-3-0 record. They're currently on a two-game losing streak, which could possibly benefit the Bruins. Uh, their last 10. I said that already. Uh, the season series is 0-1 and 1 and 0. So they haven't been they haven't played many many times this year. Um, the next game, like I said, the, the the AHL predominantly works on a weekend schedule is next this coming Friday, at home against the Springfield Falcons. Um, Springfield's 15-21, currently 15-21, 1-3, 34 points. They are 7-10, 1-3 away, and in the last 10 of 3-5-0-2. And the season series with Springfield is in the Bruins' favor of 7-2-0. So that should be a good game. Always a good, good game to go see Springfield. Um, I believe we went to see the Springfield Falcons play at the dunk. When we did. Out. That was a great game too. Yeah, it was fun. It was a loss, but it was yeah. still, it was still close and fun. I, I really enjoyed the drive down with you. Uh, I don't think we shut up. I think we were just, <laughs> I think it was all bees and all hockey. So I mean, that that's the kind of times I really enjoy. Definitely. Um. Yeah. So I mean. Providence needs some work too, no doubt about it. Um, uh, if you're looking at the stats right now, uh, Seth Griffith is having a really good season down there. Uh, he's got 13 goals, 28 assists, 41 points. Coco Chubbs, another one that's been playing really good, and I like his game down in the AHL. 
but his it just doesn't transform to the NHL. Doesn't uh, this season in thirty one games he's twelve, twenty two and thirty four. Um, that's a tough one. I don't know what to do with him. We'll get back to him in a little while. Okay. But, uh, another surprise is uh the rookie Austin Zarnick. Yeah. Uh, Good 30, player. Yeah, thirty five games. He's eleven twenty and thirty one. Um. A really good, versatile center. He gets he, he gets dirty in the corners, but has that three zone vision. That I mean, I might say this a lot during this podcast for the for the next who knows how many times we do this, but I don't see that often in a developing right. player like that. I mean, but I do see it in Seth Griffith, but not as much. It's just, I don't know. It's strange to, to say, but. Well, Zarnick, he seems like he's a good character player. I mean, he was a captain of his college team, which that's good to kind of groom a kid and teach him how to, you know, play with character. And, you know, that's a good thing. And and now we have Caroli over in the uh, same college that Zarnick was. And he's the captain now. And we might be seeing him in September, but I like Zarnick. Uh, He's got to learn how to use his speed to his advantage. He's not a big kid. He's very tiny as far as, you know, um, height and weight go as a player. But if he can use his speed to his advantage, uh, he could be a pretty good player. He's got a good head for the game. Oh, absolutely. And the games that I've seen, I've been uh, – he dishes the puck so well. He's got a great shot, um, whether it be at the hash marks, um, as a player on the power play. On the on the blue line, um, when Bruce when um, I'm sorry Bruce Cass, Cassidy needs him to be, um, and he sets up in Gretzky's office pretty decently too. That's very important. I like that. I like that part of the game. Me too. Um, another another player that's uh, was signed recently um, as a free agent was uh, Brandon DeFazio. Yeah. Uh, he's a left winger. He's got 37 games so far in Providence. He's 10, 11, 21 points. Um, he's got four power play goals. That's a good stat. Yeah, you know, it, that's what I like about him is he's, he's a gritty player. He plays the boards really well and knows how to get to the net, crash the net really well. Um, well, that's something they can use up in Boston at times. Guys that'll crash the net and get in there and, you know, go in those dirty areas. That's good for a young kid to play that way. You know, it's important. I, I mean, in my personal opinion, I'd like to see a player like him yep. over uh, a limited minute player like Ronaldo. Right. I mean, I'm not a huge Ronaldo fan. I'm just going to get that out right now. <laughs> I, you know, I, I didn't like him in Philly. I just don't, I just don't like the player way he plays right he plays on the edge he plays the fine line of you know um almost selfishness you know when you hit somebody and you're out for five games that's selfish in my opinion Agreed. and i understand that the game is changing in the nhl um you know there's still going to be big hits but the you know the injuries are mounting are piling up and it's and you know I don't want to see it taken out of the game, but I also don't want to see people get injured. 
Right. No, nobody does. You, that's the last thing you'd want to see, you know, unless we're talking about uh, Cook. <laughs> yeah, uh, any player like that, uh, you know. Yeah. Just ridiculous. Agreed. Um, surprise player down in Providence, and this might blow your mind. You have any any guess of who I'm going to say? No. <laughs> Matt Irwin, defenseman Matt Irwin. Remember him in the first beginning of the season and how bad he was? Oh, he was horrible. Minus five or six? Yes. Yeah. Well, not Providence. He is a a player that um, has taken a leadership role on that blue line uh, very well and contributed um, five goals, 15 assists, 20 points. In 38 games. Good numbers. Yeah, I mean, it's not point-per-game numbers, but still, he's he's an effective player down there and a quarterback on the power play. And he's learning the game under Cassidy right now, which is good, because Cassidy likes to mimic uh, Boston and how they play the game up there. And, you know, the fact that he's learning, maybe it took him a little bit longer than some of the other kids that they have up there, but that's good to hear. Absolutely. Uh... I, I do like players like Colby Cave. He was good. He's a good player. Colton Hargrove's a good player. Um, Anton Bleed, he's a good player. Yep. I really like Noel Achari. He's oh. fast, got great skill. Uh, just recently came back from a broken jaw. He was out for 10 games, I believe. Um, but, I mean... There's a lot of good pieces in Providence right now that are under, you know, three-year entry-level contracts. Yeah. But there's also additions that are in the in the Canadian juniors that can come up and, you know, fill some of those roles too. As they see, that's out. what's the toughest thing right now is a lot of and some of these kids down in Providence are going to be feel the squeeze between the kids that they already have up in Boston right now, and these kids that are going to be coming into Providence next year. I mean. You know, look at Florek, prime example. Yeah, and he's killing us. Yeah. <laughs> he's killing us uh, down at Pro. I mean, uh, I, I don't remember where he went. I think it's uh, Bridgeport, I believe. Yeah, it might be. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, every time I see that, see them play each other, he's always got the goal. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, well, speaking of prospects, I was uh, – this morning, I just I just really got um, numbers on some of the last year's draft picks, so I really didn't get involved in um, Koharik, Donato. Uh, you know, I, I just basically went for the guys that are making as much noise. And I know that you were talking about uh, earlier today about um, Carlson. Yeah. And, um, um, geez, I'm drawing a blank here. Right, uh, I, uh, I posted it earlier. Notre Dame. He plays for Notre yes, Dame. Yes, yes. <laughs> You're going to force me to look it up now. <laughs> no, don't, don't worry about it. But, but I, I have uh, some of the guys from the OHL, Quebec majors, and the WHL. And uh, let's start with... Um, Zachary Senesin. It's been a real big surprise for me and uh, and the draft 
I mean, I was one of those guys that was like, Don, what are you doing? You're going off the board. When they made that pick, I like ran outside and I'm like, no, what are you doing? My wife came out. Are you okay? And uh, so far, he's proved us wrong. I mean, this kid looks like he's going to be legit. Um, yeah, he's, I mean, I watch, I, I have a, uh, a package that I pay for a year and I get to watch the AHL, the OHL, the WHL, the Q, and a bunch of other games. Uh, but um, if there's an opportunity for me to catch a game, I'm telling you, there's not one time I've been disappointed in his game. And I believe I'm not, it. I'm not saying I'm watching every game, but I might watch two games a week and might miss one. But I get it. I mean, his rookie season last year, he scored 26 goals. Yeah, on the fourth line. Yeah. <laughs> and this season, he's already surpassed that. What I don't like about his game is he's a guy that everybody wants to get the puck to. Right. He's not a player right now in the juniors, a player that dishes out. That's right. That's something that will come within his will come in his game in his further development. Definitely. But he uh, he's a right winger and he plays for the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds of the OHL in 43 games last season. I mean, sorry, this season. He's got 29 goals, 12 assists, and 41 points. In his last 10 games, he's 7-1-8. and eight. Unbelievable. Those are unreal numbers. Very impressive. Uh, another, another guy I've been really keeping an eye on, especially early in the season, is uh, defenseman Jeremy Lousen. Yes. Um, he plays for Rorin Miranda Huskies. That's a very awful name for me to try to say. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he plays for the, in the queue. Um, in 29 games, he's 5, 30, and 35. But um, in his, uh, he hasn't seen any game action since 1-15-16 this month. So the middle of this month, he hasn't seen any game action, and I haven't found out why. I got to look into Mr. Kurt Ledecky and see uh, if I can get some information out of him. He's, yeah, that uh, he's definitely a, a go-to guy for uh, all your prospect news. Um, Jakob Zaboral, uh, defenseman for St. John Sea Dogs of the Q. Uh, I've watched a couple of his games. Um, I hope he gets better in his development. I haven't seen a lot, um, but you really can't like you can't expect miracles just out of stats. I mean, he does have an all-around good game. He's good in front of the crease. He gets the bodies away, but uh, last season was definitely a better offensive season. Um, this season in 28 games, he's four, six, and ten. Uh, his last ten games, he's one, three, and four. So, uh, obviously, a, a piece to work on. Well, you know, I mean, a lot of kids at that age, they got to learn how to play better in their own zone. You know, every t you know, every time this kid comes to development camp and he has his exit interviews, he'll get better. You know, it's important for them to keep on these kids and show them the right way. You know. Yeah, and a lot of these guys that I'm listing right now that I have out are all guys that were 
held uh, late. They were held in training camp for a while. So, I mean, that's a, that's a great, great sign. Agreed. Um, and there's, there's my guy. I mean, I, I love Seneshin. I really do. But Jake DeBrusque. Yeah. That guy's a powerhouse, man. That yeah. guy's just nuts. I watched his father back in the day. His yeah, father could throw yeah. with the best of them. Oh, my God. Yeah, I watched some of those videos. I'm like, oh, my God, that's him. Yeah, when he, when he started out with Chicago, that guy was like a human bowling ball. I mean, yeah. you know, throw his weight around and, yeah. So, But this kid, had, you know, got a little more offensive pop than his dad did. Yeah, DeBrusque, DeBrusque recently got traded from the Swift Current Broncos of the uh, Western Hockey League to the Red Deer Rebels. Uh, and it has, it, it, you know, made the transition really well. Um, he's a left winger. He's got 38 games under his belt. He was injured a lot. I think I believe he had a lower body injury earlier in the year, but he's got 14, 26, and 40. Like, those aren't bad numbers. No, and the way he plays the game, he's going to have those injuries. You know, yeah. he plays balls to the wall every game. Last 10 games, he's only got four assists, but, you know. The next one, I'm really surprised at, and I totally forgot about his draft status, but Jesse Gabriel. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Left, he's a left winger from Prince George of the Western Hockey League. Um, 48 games. He's got 29 goals, 21 assists, 50 points. Yeah. And his last 12, 9, 4, and 13. Real. Impressive. I mean, yeah. His games are out in the West, uh, so they're usually 10.05, 10 o'clock start. And, you know, I, I try to catch him, and I, I'm happy I caught him last night because he got a goal. And, yeah, I mean, he's a definite player that I could see um, making the Providence Bruins next season because he is 19 now. Right. So by the time that the so-called, you know, that, that – 18 and 19 area that the CHL and the NHL have worked out, you yeah. know, that if you can't make a, the NHL a roster spot, then you have to bring them back to the juniors because they cannot play in the AHL until they're after, until they're, you know, after 19. Correct. So, I mean, a lot of those players that we were just mentioning are going to be guys that are going to be in a year or two years down the road. But a lot of these guys can also have eligibility to play in Providence at the end of this season on their yeah. on their respective teams. Cool. They can come in and play, you know, a handful of games and then, you know, go into the summer with a, uh, a hard training camp. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously go back to their juniors afterwards if they don't make a, an NHL roster. Plus, if one of these kids comes in and has a great camp and makes it in the training camp, then you never know. They could get that nine-game tryout before they go back. Yes. Or maybe yeah. they get their nine-game tryout and they stay. Yes. You never know. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. All right, Derek. Well, that was a lot of fun. It I was. was. I was. I was really nervous, but uh, we got into an under an hour. We got like two minutes and a minute and a half to go until we reached the hour point. But uh, I just want to say, I mean, this was good to get under my belt. Like I said, I was nervous as hell for the last two weeks, but, you know, we did it. It's just two guys having a conversation, that's yeah, all. Yeah, I know, I know, i got to keep <laughs> writing that down. 
But listen, again, I really want to appreciate you taking the time, um, and I'd really like to continue doing this on a Sunday rotation. Absolutely, man. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Derek, thank you so much. Take care, man. All right, man. You too. Bye-bye.